This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics. Owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments, so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times, 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. This week we reflect on two defeats, preview the massive game on Thursday night, get the latest news from X, and answer questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Sadly, two defeats to reflect on since the last show. Let's start with Arsenal on Sunday. Give us your thoughts. Um, I thought we played all right, to be fair, considering there was you know a few changes. Um, we had a left back at centre back and a, a right winger at left back, and so on. Players our position. Um, I thought we played quite well, um, but you know, big decisions in the game as per go against us. I know it sounds like a bit of a broken record and I try, I always do try to be balanced in my opinions, but I find it harder and harder as the games go by against the big clubs. Um, I think a draw would have been a fair result out of that game, to be honest with you, but, you know, it is what it is. We've got decisions going against us. Arsenal, I, I thought, would beat us before the game anyway. So the fact that we came close to getting something from it, we did better than I thought we would. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I was 
pretty comfortable with the performance, to be fair. But once again, it was a game that had controversy. And once again, VAR was as useful as a pair of sunglasses to a bloke with one ear. And the same could be said for Mike. I'm a cunt, Dean. I mean, I can't stand that fucking fella, honestly. He's retiring at the end of the season and that can't come quick enough. But let's right. start with Bowen's yellow card because that was a key moment in the game, really, wasn't it? What did you make of that? It's it's not a die. If it's, I know if technically there was no contact, but what's he meant to do? Like stand there and get his leg broken? It's like it's like you know if you're standing in the road and a car's going to hit you, um, you don't stand there and let the car hit you and think, oh well, it was the driver's fault. I'm just going to stand here and take it, do you? Like so, he's gonna what's he going to do? Stand there and potentially have his leg broken and put himself out of the semi final. Thankfully, he was agile enough to get out the way of a reckless challenge. The challenge came flying in, studs up. Didn't get the ball, and and it was he's way out of his area. Bowen was was round him. You know, it's 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 not a dive. It's ridiculous. And the fact is, you might think of it as a dive on first viewing, but then when VAR comes into it, surely you're going to think, no, he's got to try and get out the way of that. And you know full well if it was down the other end at the Emirates for Arsenal, um, you know, against us at the Emirates, they would have that have been a sending off. You know, you're going to think Shafal got a second yellow. Whoever it was, or got sent off against um, against Arsenal at, at the Emirates for absolutely nothing. Yeah, that we get done as a dive again, uh, you know, a dive from our player. This is so frustrating. Exactly that. And once again, it's even more evidence of corruption in the Premier League. It fucking exists, mate. It's real. It is such a big team bias because of the amount of money that they bring to this division. They're always going to get fucking decisions go in their favour and it drives me absolutely mad because yeah I mean look when you look at the contacts fair enough but it's like you said the studs are up he didn't get the ball momentum and a cautious attitude going into that tackle was taking him over it it, it has to constitute as dangerous play surely that's a decision that should have been given um, 100% interestingly though he didn't argue the decision Bowen did he he seemed to take it on the chin and almost like he was kind of expecting Dean to do that yeah, that was a bit of a strange reaction, to be honest with you. I mean, he probably knows that there was no contact, but subconsciously, when someone's flying in at you like that, you're going to try and get out of the way of it. Because, well, what, why? I mean, I know I thought Moyes actually was a little bit harsh on what he said about Bowen. He said Bowen should have just kept his leg there. Um, but, you know, Bowen's probably in the back of his mind thinking, I've got a semi final coming up here, European semi final, potential final. You know, I'm not going to fuck you. Like, get risk getting injured. Mm. And, you know, and maybe you could call it naive play. He should have kept his foot there and let the, and, and invite a foul. But I, I'd rather know that Bowen's fit for Thursday than, he's, than he kept his foot there and then maybe broke his leg or even a slight injury and would be out for Thursday. I'd rather he go out of the way. But the, but the rule book has to be clear what the actual rules are. Is it a reckless chance he flew in with his studs up, didn't get the ball, or is it a dive because the guy got out of the way of the challenge? It's just so unclear all the time as to what the actual rule is because there's such a lack of consistency across games. And I think, I mean, the fact is VAR is meant to be there to increase consistency, but it does the complete opposite. At the moment, the whole officiating of top-class football in the Premier League is, is just so wrong. And there's such... Like, no one understands the rules entirely. There are very few people that can sit there and say, right, that's the rule for this, that's the rule for that. There's always that element of confusion. And that extends to the refs, I think. And the fact of the matter is that the VAR never does anything, really. Um, You know, like, 
like doesn't regularly make the correct decisions. I don't think every week there's some sort of VAR controversy, and I don't understand how there can be. Mm. Well, it was more controversy in the run-up to their second goal. There's a question mark over Holding's potential handball in the run-up to it. Uh, Moisey wasn't happy with that. Can you see why? Yeah, because how many times have we had decisions given against us where it's been given as a handball and it's been a similar amount of contact? I mean, I'd have been annoyed if West Ham had scored that goal and it was given again, you know, it was ruled out. I would be. I'd be frustrated. So, well, you know, it's, it's, it's coming together. He hasn't deliberately done it, blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is it was with it. It did touch his arm. And we've had goals like that and decisions go against us and the exact same thing. I'd love, I haven't got the time or the energy or the, you know, the, the patience to do this, but I'd love to sit down one day and actually go through decisions that have gone against West Ham and the decisions that have gone, like similar decisions that have gone in favour of the opposition and literally just sit there with the Referees Association and say, look, Here's the ones that went against West Ham. Here's the ones that went for the opposition. What is the difference? Explain it. Explain to the public what the difference is. And I think they'd struggle. And that in that in itself is where there's real issues. Yeah, and I think they're overprotected as well. I don't know why they're not held accountable. And I don't know why they don't get questioned after the game. Post-match questions on their decisions. You know, players get questioned on it. Managers get questioned on it. Even fans get questioned on uh, on media channels. So why don't referees, why are they so protected? I don't understand it. And uh, the whole thing stinks to me. But in terms of the performance, yeah, like I say, I think we did okay. We played an inform Arsenal side, having made changes to the start 11, a change to the formation. And we gave them a game. Um, to be honest, and I know, you know, I've been a little bit pessimistic, a better game than I expected us to give them. Um, yeah, I agree. And I actually, I actually thought a, a, a draw was a fair result. Uh, yeah. The Patreons gave Man of the Match to Declan, followed by Bowen, followed by Zuma. Was Moyes right to play those three? I know it's a, it's beginning to be a little bit of an age-old debate now. I mean, ultimately, we left the game with nothing. Was it worth the risk? Um, I think he should have played Zuma because Zuma's obviously been out for a while and you want him to build up a bit of match fitness. Um, so I think Zuma, I'm happy with. Um so it's an interesting debate, isn't it? I mean, Declan is so fit and so robust that you could probably take the chance that he's unlikely to get injured. I know he has had injuries, but he hasn't had like serious injuries. Um, so I can kind of understand it, kind of, although I do think to myself, what the hell is the point of Alex Crow? You know, he can't get in the team at mm. any any point. You know, this is a guy that, you know, supposedly Moyes put him as one of the five players to look out for in the last um the last Euros. And, you know, he can't get in the team when we're when we're even needing road to rotate. Uh Bowen, I think, was a bit of a risk, um, especially when You've got Flasic, you know, a thirty million pound winger that we just choose to not play. So I was a bit surprised when I saw the team. Um, you know, I I, pro I probably would have played Zuma, but I probably wouldn't have played um, Rice and and Bowen. And the reason for that is because you know I've always said go for your strongest team and try and get the results here. But realistically, we've got to stay above Wolves. Now we're not going to catch Manchester United or anyone above them. I don't think our prerogative now is to finish seventh. We are still three points ahead of them. Um, Arsenal probably we could, would have beaten us if we put a full strength team out. Probably. So the games we've got to really target to win, they're probably going to lose Man City. But as long as we beat. Norwich and Brighton will get that seventh spot, which is what we've got to target. Mm. It is a difficult one, isn't it? Because what's thrown a bit of a curveball 
is I was really pissed off that we didn't rest players against Brentford, but then we go and win the game in Europe. And, you know, we, I don't know, we, we, we rested players against Chelsea and we lost the game in Europe. So there is an argument to say, should you not play these players to keep their match fitness, keep the momentum versus resting them? It is a really difficult one. I'm still a big fan of resting players because I just, I'd have broken my heart if Deck would have picked up an injury and same with Jared, etc. I think it was key resting Antonio. He's obviously mm. crying out for a rest. I think that was the right decision to make. And that's it. Yeah, and Suchek, you're right. Um, but, you know, Deck was outstanding again, wasn't he? Mr. Consistent, um, rightfully given the man of the match for patrons, but so was Nobes. I mean, he's come in and done a good job. And, yeah. you know, Moisey said in a post-match interview, he said that the, the biggest, you know, credit I can give him is going into this season, he, he kind of expected Mark to maybe play a bit part in the first half of the season and then look to wind it up towards the second half. He said, but if anything, he seems to be getting better and better. Uh, and yeah. he did, he came in and done well, didn't he, No, Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is why the, the answer is never, never straight um, cut. Like you say, whether you rest or you don't rest, because you've, you've put the examples out there. My initial reaction, so we've almost switched a bit. My initial was don't rest, go full strength against Brentford and keep the momentum going. But because... Now I see it as the league is like almost like I say, pretty much over for us. We've just got to finish seventh. That's the that's the key now. I mean, we could technically catch Manchester United, but I don't think we will, especially after they won yesterday. Um, so seventh visit. So almost the league has only not got anything to play for as such, other than winning those two games. So now I can understand why rotating it, but whereas at Brentford I couldn't because we still had a lot to play for at that point. Um, but like you said, what is the right answer? You rest them and we win. Uh, we don't win after um, and then you know vice versa so there's no real answer I think I think you've got to take it on an individual basis and like you said Antonio and Suchek definitely needed a rest I mean Antonio's been needing a rest for months now and Suchek I think has been largely ineffective including that Frankfurt game so mm. by giving him a rest you might you might enable him to be more effective in the second leg um, and uh what was the second thing you said? Um, uh, Noble, yes, Noble. No, I think Noble, I've, I've always said, I still think there's a part for Noble to play next year. He won't. He's made it very clear that he won't. But um, like that game just proved it. I mean, I wouldn't have said he was sensational, but he came in and he did the job. And, you know, there was one time when he made an amazing tackle, sliding to win the ball. And, you know, he's still got something to offer in, in the cup games when you've got young players in there. Um, in the last 15 minutes when you're trying to consolidate a... A victory. I still think I would say to Mark Noble, please give us one more year, but it's not going to happen. But if I was the manager, I would have at least tried. Mm. Well, let's talk about last Thursday. How disappointed were you with the result and how do you feel about the return leg in Frankfurt? Um, I, I was disappointed, definitely. I mean, I feel disappointed, but also frustrated with the luck you know we hit the woodwork three times Gerard Bowen's overhead was sensational and how many times does that happen and then someone just follows it up you know heads it into the net afterwards and that didn't happen um, obviously he hit the post in the first half and then Ben Rama as well so frustrated that we hit the woodwork three times because you know if one of those goes in well, certainly if two of them goes in the second leg, leg looks completely different um, so frustrated with that I did feel it was a little bit 
flat at times, considering this was a European semi-final, and I'm going to include the fans in that as well. I was surprised at times that the atmosphere, I don't think the atmosphere was as good as it was against Seville. I don't know why, but that's what it felt like to me. Um, and I felt I felt we could have, we could have, you know, I think, if, like I said, if the luck had gone our way, we'd have been looking in a lot better situation. That said, we go to Frankfurt, you know, even if we win it 1-0 um, out there, we go to penalties. So we've we just got to go out there and win the game and just play like we did against Leon. If we play against Leon the same way we did against Leon, we'll be fine. But it's just whether we can replicate that performance that they played. <coughs> they played yesterday, Frankfurt. Um, so they've had a one less games rest um, than we have, and they lost. And they did rest quite a few players, I think. Um, but still, they played on Monday and they lost. And so you've got to hope that's one less game than us. They also lost. Let's just go there. The atmosphere is going to be incredible, I think, from their fans. But we're just going to go there. If we play anywhere near like we did against Leon, we'll be okay. Mm. I've got to be honest, X, I felt really let down by West Ham. And look, I know we had chances. And if they go in, we'd be having a different conversation now. But if my brother was a birdie, be my sister, wouldn't he? You know, it didn't happen and we lost the game at home. And generally, apart from those chances, I thought we were quite poor against what I thought was a pretty bang average side. I've got to say, I, I'm, you look at how they're getting on domestically. I mean, they're, they're struggling really in a division that's nowhere near to the quality of the Premier League. And whilst they're on a good European run and they've beaten Barcelona, I get that. I, I, I looked at them at London Stadium. I thought they were there for the taking. And I was really disappointed with how we performed. And like you alluded to, I, I've got to say, I was really disappointed with the fans. You know, and I was there, so I was one of them. So, you know, I've got to hold my hands up. Listen, I'm not a chance starter, but there's not a single champ that will ever go out that I won't get involved in. And I, I don't understand it. It's the strangest thing. Like you were saying, the Seville atmosphere was incredible. But this is a fucking European Cup semi-final. And I, I know that we conceded with, within a minute. And that was a bit of a kick in the bollocks. But we're West Ham. We're better than that. You know, we went on the terraces singing Billy Bonds' Claret Blue Army at Villa Park when we were 4-0 down in a Cup semi-final. Do you know what I mean? Because because we're we're a, an average fan base. That's not what West Ham are about. And I was just really surprised at just how flat it was. Now, away from home, we'll be different class like we always are. But I just, I couldn't believe it. I thought that was but really strange. I think with the fans, and I agree with you, I agree with what you said, and I, and I think with the fans there, you know, I have never in my life had as many people ask me to try and get them tickets for that game as I had that Frankfurt one. Honestly, I looked at my Facebook on the on the Wednesday. I don't really use my Facebook very often because um, I just try to avoid social media because I spend so much time with it on Twitter. So I, I went on, on Wednesday evening. I had three messages in my um, mailbox and I looked at it and they were from people that I'd, you know, I get on well with them and I like them, but there was someone I hadn't spoken to for three years in there. I was saying, I know that, you know, you're a big West Ham fan. I was wondering if you could get me any tickets. We've been trying to get tickets because we want to go to a semi-final blah 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 and then on Twitter I saw people saying that they, they've not been to a game in you know since we've been at the new stadium but they want to go to this because it's a semi-final and because season ticket holders could buy more tickets than their actual season ticket you know you I think you could buy an extra 
like two two per season or something, but per season ticket, there was people that went to that that just wanted to watch a game of football, a semi final that weren't technically West Ham fans, I would say, and I think that probably affected it. And I don't know what it is about the fans at the moment, but did you see the bit with um, what happened to Eddie Bovring, Bovring Bovington? No. The guy we interviewed. No. So he went. He went to the game. He went to the game and he had to leave um, before the end of the game because he was getting abuse from fans because he asked someone to sit down. So he actually, really? had, yeah, so he actually had to leave the ground and the club have now offered him some kind of compensation like tickets for Man City in the box or something. But he went as a normal fan and um, he had to leave before the end because he asked someone to sit down and a load of fans just abused him. Now, I understand people want to stand up for a semi-final and stuff. I do get that. But this seems to be common. You know, common. I've seen fights in the stands recently. I've seen like the behaviour of some of the fans. I mean, I'm beginning to sound like an old man here, but it's just, I don't know what's happened recently. You know, as I said, every away game I seem to go to, someone's in my seat. You know, it just all seems to be, like, changed this last couple of years. I don't know why. I don't know why. That's so strange. That's so strange. Mm. But I just couldn't get my head around it because, you know, before the game, it was quite a carnival-like atmosphere. Um, I thought it took too long to fill up. Before the game, in my opinion, people were still yeah. in the concourse. And look, I'm not here to preach to fellow West Ham fans, but I was disappointed by that. Like I say, conceding an early goal is is never good, but I, I, we are better than that. I don't think we are. We are better than that to let that deflate us after fucking 55 seconds. And you know, there were fans walking out with 10 to 15 minutes to go. Mm. Where have you got to fucking be at that time of night? Are you that desperate? to get home half hour earlier than you would be if you stayed. I don't get it, you know. This ain't Watford on a Tuesday night. This is a European Cup semi-final, and there were lots of people leaving with 10 to 15 minutes to go. If you went to the cinema, you wouldn't leave the film with 10 minutes left, would you? So that disappointed me. And I I just thought, you know, I I don't know. I thought it was really strange. And and funnily enough, in context of what you said uh, a minute ago about Eddie, which I didn't know, which I'm assuming they didn't know who he was either. I'm hoping, um, because if they did, that's even worse. That's fucking disgusting. But uh, yeah. funnily enough, I got asked to sit down by the, fella, by the fella behind me. And I said to him, listen, mate, I'll sit down, but I'm not sitting down unless that fella in front of me sits down. Because if I do, I've got the same problem you've got. And then he said, no, that's fair enough. Um, but, you know... Yeah, I mean, that, that is understandable. Like, you know, you can understand what your reaction... And likewise, I stood pretty much the whole game because the people in front of me stood the whole game. And I understand, like, I've said to my dad before, you know, you can't keep telling people to sit down because if you tell the person in front to sit down and they can't see it... And I, so I, I agree with you. And you, in a semi-final, I guess, but you have to kind of expect that you're going to stand up and stuff. Um, but uh, um, but like you were to that bloke, it sounds like you were perfectly reasonable to him. Oh, and of course. You were polite and stuff. So, yeah, whereas these people that were dealing with Eddie seem to have been complete wankers and just turned around and abused him and stuff. And I don't know what it is. We know, like we've both said to each other many times when, when you grew up, you saw West Ham as the West Ham family. Like whenever I saw someone on the street, you know, if I was in the car and they were walking along, maybe, and I saw someone in a West Ham shirt, you shout irons or up the hammers or whatever. Whenever you saw someone and you're almost like, you'd always do something for a fellow West Ham fan. Now you've got people ripping each other off for tickets. You've got people threatening to fight people if they, because they want to sit in a seat that's not their own. You've got people like, you know, like the way 
like, like on social media, abusing each other, trying to, you know, troll people, trying to ruin what West Ham fans might be trying to do in terms of, you know, like making a bit of money, that sort of stuff. I don't know what, I don't know what's happened recently. It's sad. And I hope, I hope it's, um, I hope it's a temporary thing and we can get back to that whole, you know, West Ham family. We look out for our own spirit that we mm. used to have. Yeah, it's very sad. And uh, like you say, you look at all of those things, all of which are true, by the way. Mm. I, I can't begin to explain it. And uh, I just thought last Thursday on all fronts was just a real letdown. But we're fortunate enough that we've got the second leg to look forward to. I think we have to we have to go at them. And I think our style of play away from home works in our favour, really, because yeah. I think we're one of the most explosive teams on the counter-attack in football, to be honest with you. We've showed that time after time. Massive night for our biggest players. Massive night for Antonio. Mm. Um, you know, we need a big performance from him. He's had a rest now, so I'm expecting big things from him. And I just think 110% effort levels. And of course, we need to take our chances, which at times have, have, have let us down. But if we do all of those things, then we win the game because we're yeah. a better side than they are. It's as simple yeah. as that. Uh, you know, we would have been a better side if we would have had some of those things last Thursday because I, I, I honestly, mate, I, I don't think they're anything special. I really don't. But I also think that the first goal wins that game on Thursday. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if if they score it, I think we're in a bit of bother, definitely. Um, but you know, let's let's hope that's what happened in Leon. You know, we went out there and we absolutely destroyed them and played brilliantly. And you know, it's going to be an intimidating atmosphere. I've seen their ground. I've seen the, their their fans. You know, their fans. Credit to them. I thought were really good. Um, at the, at the London Stadium. So it's going to be an intense atmosphere. But at the end of the day, we got players like Zuma, who's played Champions League and. World Cup football, Fabianski's done it for us. Uh, he won't be playing, will he? So be Ariola. Ariola's played for Real Madrid, Paris Saint Germain, France. You know, Bowen wants to be an England international. Suchek is an international, he's played at Euros. Rice is, you know, Antonio now is. I know Jamaica's not the same sort of caliber of, of intensity in terms of international football, but you go, you go through that squad. And even Dawson's played at the, um, you know, the Olympics for for, for um, Great Britain and stuff. So you go through that squad, and every single one of them has got big game experience, um, whether it be through international football or through previous domestic football. So hopefully, you know, we're not talking about, you know, going into the unknown for a lot of these players. We are as fans because you know we haven't been watching West Ham in Europe very often, but as players, I hope that they can deal with the occasion. And you know, if the likes of Rice and others, Bowen, for example, if they're going to go on and play at the very, very top level, both internationally and domestically, then they have to be able to deal with these games. And I hope we do. And I hope we do what we, as we did against Leon. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all of that, mate. And I think you're right. I thought their fans were good, and I know will be good on Thursday. But their fans were good. Makes you laugh though. I got pulled by one of the stewards for fucking vaping. You know, that's that's not allowed, but then some cunt can throw up seven fucking flares and smoke the whole fucking stadium. How's that allowed? That's I know. Allowed? I know. It's absolutely ridiculous. And also, like, when you go in, you get searched. If you've got anything that could be potentially used <laughs> as a weapon, which I include a bottle with a lid on, you know, my 10-year-old <laughs> daughter had a bottle with a lid on of water. She yeah. has to take the lid off there. Yeah, they can bring in those black and white flags that they had. They can bring in flares. They can bring in all sorts. And that's 
that's fine. Yeah, you go in with your flare and your and your flag and everything else. But you, ten year old girl with your bottle of water, you better not be taking that in your hooligan. It's just yeah. ridiculous. It's oh, like... whilst there's some German carrying a fucking grenade launcher. In back <laughs> yeah, in exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rocks up in their tank. <laughs> you know, <laughs> parks it outside. Don't mind me. I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it's ridiculous. You know, I don't know the inconsistencies. And it's the same thing. Arsenal, Arsenal had a flare, didn't they? Yeah, so like you know, yeah. like again, again, you know, you can't vape. Yeah, yeah. Someone can, someone can let off a flare. And I'm, I'm sorry, your vaping would have had far less impact on the ground and everyone else than someone letting off a flare. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like everything. I bet it's like the referees and stuff. It's just so inconsistent. And that's the thing I can't stand. I don't mind there being rules if the rules are abided to by everyone. You know, you can't make one rule for one person and another rule for someone else. They're better off having no rules if you're going to do that because if you have one rule for someone and one rule not for the other that breeds resentment and it breeds that you're treating people differently because if there are no fucking rules then you can't complain and it's almost better to have no rules and have any if they're not going to stick by them it's stupid (laughs) absolutely stupid yeah yeah maybe if i can find an oil where I can breathe out claret and blue steam, I might be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or maybe next time you should literally bring like a bazooka and just smoke from the end of that or something. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Might, you might be all right. <laughs> yeah, just smoke from the fucking flare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was some good news uh, from the weekend, though. You managed to claw back 49 points in the predictions. Was it that many? I don't it know was, that. yeah. And uh, I can tell you where they came from as well, because uh, after taking to social media, saying that my success in the competition was down to luck. Uh, and uh, with a keen emphasis as well on last-minute goals, apparently. The 49 points we're talking about that you gained on me were actually gained from a last-minute goal <laughs> in the Tottenham game. But that wasn't lucky, though, was it, mate? <laughs> I must admit. I, I, I must admit, with that, I didn't even say, usually it's me that texts you, going, oh, for fuck's sake, like, you've scored yeah. a last-minute goal and stuff. But for once, because I, and for the people that have asked this question, I'll cover it later, but, yeah, I wasn't, I had to go, so I was at the, I was at the theatre, watching my daughter's dance show and stuff, and uh, so I didn't actually know that that had gone in. I was absolutely shocked that it got in my favour. And I must admit, if I'm going to give that stick out i am gonna say that's lucky because what made it <laughs> what made it even more lucky it was leicester that scored it wasn't it yeah i think it was yeah was well, it was yeah, it leicester it, or... okay well if it was leicester i might be wrong but i thought it was leicester that scored it if it was leicester let me have a look no, it was leicester... actually because i remember him being three new up Tottenham. yeah there was. you go so i admit that's lucky because that is a irrelevant goal you know leicester yeah look it's 91st minute in that in that show that is a re- irrelevant goal leicester are never going to get a game back from three nil down by scoring that one goal so yes if i'm going to give it out to you i'll accept that that is <laughs> lucky however i'm sure you'd had a last minute goal the day before so it equaled itself out anyway <laughs> it does all to play for though mate i think it's what three weeks left now it's all to play for do you know what's really 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 frustrating two things that's really frustrating about not about the west ham game in far as this prediction results go so i saw that you'd put dawson as the first person to get oh, no, and, I was like, and i was like you bloody idiot he's not even playing so i was laughing about that but obviously <laughs> when you when you have to predict the team uh 
uh, no, sorry, predict the results. You have to do it from the first game, whenever the first kickoff is. I mean, so I didn't know what the team was at that point. So I put Johnson in because I thought, right, well, you know, he's probably going to be um, either at centre back or he might be at left back. And you know, Arsenal got fast wingers, and, and actually Johnson gets you forty points, where some players get you twenty points. So I was like, right, I'm definitely going to go with him. And then I obviously saw the team early on um, the day before, but I, and I thought, oh, it's fine. I'll just change it last minute but I didn't realise you can't actually change even you can change the predicted scores before a game but you can't change the booking player before the game yeah, yeah, so, I might have to so, look at that because that doesn't yeah, really make sense, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And it was really frustrating because I would have changed it, had I obviously because I knew the team, so I would have changed it. And the other frustrating thing is, as I was dealing trying to work that out, I thought, you know what? Well, I've seen West Ham's team, and it's not as weak as I thought it would be. I'm going to put it as two-one uh, um, to Arsenal, um, and then. I got distracted by the fact that I had to put the team out and I realised that Diop was um, you know, Diop was back, which was big news. So I was doing stuff about that and, I, and then I thought, forgot to fucking change it and then it became that it was 2-1 <laughs> as well. So yeah, it was a massive changing points but that would have given me another sort of 20, 30 points, wouldn't it, if I'd actually fucking remembered. But uh, yeah, but anyway, it's, it's, I don't think I'm going to win it. I think I've, I've kind of accepted the bookies have paid out. So anything, These mind uh, games don't work on me, Alex. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bookies have paid out. It's over. Uh, what, so, all... so, so do you agree to end this now with me as the winner? No, I'm not ending it. I'm not like I last the bookies year. have paid out. No, the bookies have paid out, but it doesn't mean the competition's over. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm not buying this from you at all. Well, mate. I'm not even really trying now. I've conceded <laughs> defeat. <laughs> so it's always the pressure's on you, mate. You're yeah. the leader going mate, into the I'm as cool frames. as a cucumber, mate. Don't you worry about me. You just worry about clawing those 130 points back. Okay. Um, I've got my sights on the top 10, mate. You know, so, <laughs> Yeah, mate. I mean, to be fair, where are you in the league now? I dropped a couple, actually. I'm 14th now. Okay, where am I? Uh, I think you gained a few. I think you're 34th now from 37. Oh, I, thought I, I thought I was in the 20s. But no. either, okay, well, either, either or. Like if you're, what did you say, 14th and I'm 32nd, let's just say. Um, I mean, to be fair, out of how many players is it? Eight, or how many is there in the game now? Well, well, there was a little bit of a kick in the bollocks, actually, because there were originally 1,200 registered players. And now... If you look at it, I think it's 329. So I don't, really? know, I don't know why those sort of 900 players have gone. I don't know if they were, didn't pay or what, but it's now not the kind of achievement it was when it was 1200, but it's still well, an yeah. achievement. Yeah, exactly. It's still not bad considering, yeah, like I'm in the top. If I'm, if it's 300 on and I'm 30, if I'm in the top 10%, and you must be in mm. the, you know, you're in the top 5%. So it's not too bad collectively, but let's be honest, I don't give a shit about that. I want to beat you. <laughs> 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 I, could, I could come second for all I can I wouldn't be happy if you were first <laughs> yeah I totally agree if we lose if we lose to Frankfurt on Thursday and we finish eighth is that a successful season because we've got to a European Cup semi-final with some fantastic memories made a real achievement there regardless, really, of, of what happens on Thursday, to have got that far, I think, exceeds expectations with the squad that we've got and the fact that we've played most games on a Sunday, having played on a Thursday, that takes its toll. And we've, we would have finished in the top 10 domestically in the best division in the world. 
is that a success or is it not a success? Because last season we would we qualify for Europe. If we go out, it means we won't qualify for Europe if we finish eighth and we've not won a trophy. It's a really tough question, that, to be honest with you. Really tough. It's a disappointment. Now, whether that's the a different answer to success or not, it would be a disappointment because of the fact that the season promised so much. You know, we were, what, quarterfinals, was it, of the... Uh, League, League Cup, Cup, yeah, yeah quarterfinals of the League Cup, you know, and um, and then the semi-finals of the Europa League, and chasing a top four spot for most of the season. If we then finished um, eighth, and then didn't get into Europe and finish at the semi-final, and then didn't have Europe next year, having enjoyed Europe as much as we have this year, it would definitely be a disappointment. I still think you can consider it a decent season because any team that gets to a european semi-final that is an achievement in itself like you have to think of the impact that would have on foreign players and foreign fans when they're looking at the europa league and they see our west ham semi-final you know that is going to immediately raise our kind of status in in european football um so i think you can consider it still a success not quite as a success as we want it to be and obviously haven't won anything but a disappointment at the same time if that makes sense yeah i think that's why it's a difficult question because i think there's more than one way to answer that isn't there i mean i think if it's based on success i don't think and this might be harsh i don't think you could class it as a successful season because ultimately we wouldn't have won anything and we wouldn't have qualified for anything. Maybe it's whether it's been a good season or not. Maybe if you change the words of success to good, that does that give a different answer? I think that's like... that's an easier question to answer because I think it has been a good season, in which case, and it's been a memorable season. Yeah. But I think has it been a success is more of a challenging question to answer, I think. Let me ask you another question. What would be the more successful season? Sixth last year and European qualification or eighth this year and a Europa League semi-final, assuming we've lost it on Thursday? Oh, that's so, so tough. I can't, I, probably, oh, I don't know. I don't know because you've got to take into the, uh, into the account what you said at the start, that we've had to play on Thursdays and Sundays. We've got a small squad. So with that in mind... You know, getting to Europa League semi-final and still managing to finish eighth. You know, how many times have teams got into Europe like the Europa League and then ended up having a really crap season and having to yeah. fight relegation? You know, we haven't done that. We've competed up until the very end. Um, but ultimately, when finishing sixth, you've come out with an end product. Whereas if you finish eighth and get to the semi-final, there is no end outcome. The outcome is, yes, you've said to Europe, wow, look, we're a semi-final Europa League team, but you haven't got Europe next year, where sixth has. It's it's really hard. I don't don't know the answer. I think the best way to describe it for me, the season, is it would have been a good season, but ultimately disappointing. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Well, we've hit poor form at a terrible time, really. I mean, the last time we won in the Premier League was the 3rd of April against Everton. Luckily, Wolves have hit poor form as well. Um, When you look at our final three games and the fact that Wolves also have a game in hand, do you expect us to finish seventh? Um, Do they have a game in hand? I thought we played the same amount of games. Oh, yeah, they have. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they're three points behind us, though. So, yeah. Um, Better goal difference, though, I think. 
No, we've got better goal difference. Oh, have we? So, so we've got seven, they've got one. So effectively, oh, wow, so quite a, quite a big Yeah, game. so effectively, if they won that game in hand, obviously by winning it would narrow it. So let's just say they won 2-0, they'd be on level points of us with three games left. I don't know how many, um, what their fixtures are, to be honest with you, um, but I think we'll lose Man City because they'll still be going for the title, but we just got to get a result against Norwich, who will be relegated, and um, Brighton, who have nothing to play for and then if we get those six points then then we'll be okay yeah I, I think Norwich should be a win I'm not worried about that at all Man City yeah yeah that's tough but do you know what Brighton's tough I know what you're I saying know. about nothing to play for but in, in their mind there is because they're actually shooting up the league a little bit now and Graham Potter's got them playing well they play as a unit they're, they're quite attacking and I don't know, last game of the season for them. The atmosphere is going to be good, I think. And I think that's a difficult game. Yeah, I mean, in fairness to them, they have got something to play for. I mean, the, the, down to 15th, 9th to 15th. I'm looking at the lead table here. So they're in 9th with 44 points. And um, uh, in 15th are Southampton with 40 points. So Brighton could go from what looks like a great season finishing 9th so what looks like a fairly average one finishing 15th. So I guess mm. they I guess they do still have stuff to play for. So Brighton isn't as easy as um is as you as yeah, as you might as we might think. But I'd like to think we'd still have enough to beat them. Um even they, by then we'll know the outcome of the of the Europa League, you know, we'll know whether we're in the final, we'll know whether we've won it, you know, we'll know all of that. So everything can go into that Brighton game. And you can say to the lads, look, let's finish the season on a high. You've got the rest, you know, obviously it's the last game of the season, so you play your full strength team and you and you hope. You hope that you can go out and get that result. I mean, Norwich sometimes teams are dangerous when they've got literally nothing to play for, but Norwich are so poor, you'd hope that that wouldn't really come into come into account. So I just you just gotta hope that Wolves' poor form continues. It'd be worth seeing who the Wolves are playing. Let me just quickly load it up while we're talking because it'd be interesting to compare the two. Oh, okay, that's not bad. So they've got Chelsea away next week. Then they've got Man City at home. Um and then they've got um Oh, they got then they got Norwich at home, then they got Liverpool away. So they're actually playing Chelsea, mm. Man City, and Liverpool. Yeah. So they but so they, so if you say they're going to get those three points against Norwich, then hopefully they'll pick up nothing from the other games, and um and then we should be okay. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, that works now favour massively actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, let's maybe finish on a high. I don't know what you're going to say. I think so far this show has been relatively negative, which is my fault. Um, but to finish the section on a high, I do think we're going to go through on Thursday. I think we're going to win the game. What's your prediction? God, all these questions are so hard this week, and I feel like I'm sitting on the fence. Um, I really <laughs> it's don't not going know. to be easy, by the way. Thursday, no, no, I really don't know. I'd like to think we have enough. I really would. We've got to deal with their winger, whoever was on left wing. Again, I can't remember his name um, for Frankfurt. Terrorized our right back, um, which was uh, Johnson, wasn't it? So I would be tempted to play Shafal in that game. Um, because I think that was their, where their strength was. If we can sort that out, I think we can do it. We've got to get the ball into the box, stop with these crappy short corners all the time, get the ball into the box, get Suchek, Dawson, Zuma, attacking those balls, Rice. Um, and I think set pieces are going to be key. I think that we can do it. I think we can do it. It's going to be close, but I think that we can do it. So I'm going to go... 
A 2 0 West Ham win. Yeah, I'm going 2 0 in 90 minutes as well. I think we oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Please, God, anyway. Right, let's see what X has for us this week. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.